Welcome back to the Handsome Dan podcast. This is episode three of the brand new series. Last week I spoke about the Oscars. I'm going to respond to that one there. But I've also got something new I want to talk about because a couple of weeks ago I did something that not a lot of people are allowed to do in the world at the moment. I'm going to tell you all about that next. This is the Handsome Dan podcast. people who are listening let's keep those numbers growing tell your friends all about it if you want to talk want to hear someone just rabbit on about movies and music and how the good old days or the bad old days and the good new days or the bad new days then uh say hey listen to this guy he seems to know what he's talking about and uh let's try i'll try and get those numbers up i really would like that so um yes thank you for those who are listening and thanks for the feedback i've gotten so far Really, really appreciate it. Now, um, last week I spoke about the Oscars, and look, I finally got to watch the Best Picture winner, which was Nomadland. And, um, yeah, um, a fine film. <laughs> As a friend of mine informed me, sometimes fine film doesn't always mean a compliment. It's well photographed, it's well shot, it's a little bit dull. I thought it went on a little too long. Performances are good, but I think mainly from the people who are the non-actors telling their stories. But I think the ultimate aim of the film was about connection, about connecting with people and uh, how everyone has a different skew on life, I suppose. Look, Chloe Zhao makes these very slow-moving films that are kind of slice of life. I did enjoy her last one, The Rider. This one was fine. I don't know if I'd watch it again, though. That That's the big tell of a movie for me. Would I watch Nomadland again? I'd probably, if it was on TV and I flicked it over and I saw it, not that I ever watch TV much nowadays, I'd probably watch about 10 minutes of it and then think, okay, that's fine, and then go try and watch something else. So, look, Nomadland, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an okay film. I didn't think it should win Best Picture, but out of dislike, I had no idea. What should have won Best Picture? I think that's the been the hardest year. And that's not... Look, it was a tough year for everybody involved in releasing the films and everything like that. And whatever films were released, not many people went and saw anyway. And speaking of which, what not many people went and saw, what I'm going to talk about today... There you go. That's my uh, makeshift drum kit, which is my desk. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. I got to do what not a lot of people in this world could do. I went and saw a live band. Well, a few live bands, actually. I went up to Brisbane, where I live, and I went to the River Stage, which, if you live in Brisbane, I think it's probably one of the better venues. It's outdoors. It's on a grassy hill. No matter where you are, you get a good view, and you can either sit down on your blanket, which I should have done, because it was a pretty cool night, and the grass gets very wet under your butt. And we, I went and saw King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Uh, I saw the support act was Tropical Fuckstorm and the Murlocs. Um, now, I've been a bit of a King Gizzard fan for a few years now. 
I can't remember what exactly got me into them. I, I think I was just looking for some psychedelic guitar music. They came up on my radar, I think, because everyone was right into uh, Tame Impala, which is a band I just, I have not gotten into. I've given them a try. I really should try a bit harder because I imagine they're good. They seem to be popular around the world, but I just can't get into Tame Impala. Probably the most I've gotten into Tame Impala is the Wiggles recently did a version of Elephant. I think that's the song. And the Wiggles version was great. But who doesn't love the Wiggles? So, look, am I wrong in not getting into Tame Impala? There's a lot of bands that I just never got into, and it took me a little while. Mastodon was one of them. It took me a while to get into them, and now I'm into them. I love them. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. But King Gizzard really got me. I love the loud music, the, the frantic beats, and the wild psychedelic guitars and sounds that they were producing, and their videos were great too. Nonagon Infinity is probably my favorite album of theirs and like in but they're very prolific like in 2017 they released five albums so since nonagon infinity i think they've released something like eight or nine albums this year alone they released uh, kg and lw so most of the set list was from that and although i haven't given those two albums a big enough spin so i didn't know all the songs as soon as i started them i still enjoyed the hell out of myself I jumped around, I um, really, yeah, I really did. I jumped around and danced around and maybe that's something I shouldn't have done because I couldn't move for two days afterwards because going to gigs is hard work, especially the older you get, you know, it's, it's for the young. It's, go, it's for the young and I saw the young people sitting around me having a few beers and just chilling out because that's what they seem to do at these shows now. But us old guys, we think, we think I've still got it. I'm not old. I'm not old. I'm still young. We're not. We're not young at all. I'm, uh, yeah, I was my knees, my hips. My brother was telling me not long ago, he went and saw Alice in Chains when they recently toured Australia and these two blokes in front of him, a little bit older than my brother. At the end, they were both, oh, I don't know if I can walk tomorrow. I enjoyed the show, but I don't know if I'll be able to walk tomorrow. I used to get in the pit with the best of them, but um, got myself a fair few injuries. It was always fun. It was always take your life in your own hands, but that was half the fun of it, I suppose. Don't do that now. I, I stand up the back and watch the young kids do it. Bit of the old bull, young bull thing with me. Um, but on the whole, yes, as I said, I enjoyed it. And uh, Tropical Fuckstorm were a band I'd never heard of, uh, but I loved them by the end. They had a really great sound, sort of an in-between Sonic Youth and... Uh, birthday party, Kim Salmon kind of feel. Really, you know, scientists, I really kind of dug them. And the Murlocs were pretty good too. So I like it when you go see live music and you go see, like you're there to see the main band and a lot of people don't even bother with the support acts. And let, let's be honest, we've all seen our fair share of terrible support acts or support acts that shouldn't be anywhere near it. But a lot of the times you see a band and you think, God, they were good. I really dug them. So I, I was a bit like that with uh, the show I saw on, on the other week. But it made me really think about how much I loved going to see live music. As I said before, yeah, I was sore. Yeah, I, I couldn't move or anything like that. But it was just a very exhilarating experience, almost like a drug in a way. The last act I saw live was before the um, 
before the pandemic hit, which was Mono, the Japanese um, post-rock guitar band who are just stunning in my books. If, if you've never heard Mono, uh, use the capitals Mono if you're searching them or Mono Band because you know you put in Mono and all sorts of things come up. But oh my goodness, Mono are just amazing. And uh, when I saw Mono, the support act was uh, this uh, cellist named Joe Quayle who played all this stuff on her cello using recordings and loops and things like that. And she was amazing. And that's what I loved about going to see a live act because hearing a song on record, yeah, it, it's great. You know, you can, you can, you know, and you get the emotional connection that you can with a song. But sometimes the live version does something to you. Sometimes when you're sitting there and you the band plays your favorite song and sometimes there's this moment when the guitar solo kicks in or you, you close your eyes at a moment and you just almost feel yourself lift off the ground. There's a great scene in Rocket Man, the Elton John biopic, which is really, really very good where he's playing Crocodile Rock for the first time in America and he lifts off the stage and everybody in the crowd sort of lifts up at once. It's that feeling, that feeling when you all lift up and you, you can even turn to the person beside you and, and, and you, you all just know, even though you're complete strangers, you all just know, you just, are we all in the same place? And that's where I think live music gets us. We need live music. For all of us who love music, we need live music. And I suppose when you, like I've talked about being an active listener, you get people like us who who go see a show and we, we get more out of a show than, look, I've gone to see Bruce Springsteen live so many times. And I'll never forget, probably one of the last few times I saw him, you could just tell the people who came to see it were just there because they heard the radio hits and they just wanted to see the show. And then we're disappointed when, he plays like everything from back catalogue to obscure songs to B-sides to the hits. He still does the hits. And that to me is like, just get into it. Just enjoy what he does because you'll probably find a moment during one of these shows where you know, you, you'll get the hit. The hairs might go up on the back of your neck. And Bruce Springsteen did that for me. Quite a few times, I think the first time I saw him when he did um, Racing in the Street. And the live version that appeared on live, 1975 to 85, came out in 1986. It's a box set. You can listen to it on all the streaming services, Spotify and Apple and, and all the bits. And, or you can buy it, CD or vinyl. And Racing in the Street is just beautiful. Pink Floyd, when they did Comfortably Numb, any type, especially with Gilmore playing, with Dave Gilmore playing. Yes, Roger Waters has done it with his with with his solo performances when I've seen him especially with the wall and yes it's good but when you hear Dave Gilmore play that guitar solo from Comfortably Numb live oh my goodness that that is something else and I think once when I saw the tea party and I can't remember which song it was but I just remember just feeling just chills down my spine during one of their songs particularly I think it might have been Psycho Pomp on one of their tours in, in the 90s and so I'm you know I'm, I'm always looking for that moment sometimes it happens and that's one of the things I'd like to think when I'm getting older I don't want to sort of always go and see an older band I like because hey 
everyone's getting older. We're not all what we used to be because if I'm hurting down in the audience, I'm pretty sure sometimes those old guys that we're going to see are hurting too. But inside, we all still want to rock. We grew up with it. We all still want to put ourselves out there and, and just rock hard, I suppose. I don't know if it's recapturing youth of some kind. I mean, I like the fact that the young kids can go see their shows and get into it and, and do what they like. And oh, I don't, you don't always have to like what they like, but you know, that that's what it is. But I like the fact that I can go see a band like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard at my age and really still enjoy the band and still enjoy what, what they do and did. And I'm glad I saw them in the venue. I did. I wanted to go the next week into Brisbane to see um, a band called Six Foot Hick, who I've always wanted to see live. And they were playing at the zoo. And there was a, there was a big part of me that wanted to go. But then there's another part of me that says that I've got to drive all the way into the valley. And then I've got to find a car park. And then I'm going to walk. And these are the things I think of before I think about going to a show. How late am I going to be? What time do I get to go to bed? You know? <laughs> I want to rock, but there's a time limit, okay? I have a bedtime. <laughs> I remember hearing a story once about a, an Australian artist who was meant to perform at a live showcase, and he was, this guy, you know, he was told uh, at the showcase, right, and you'll come on at 1 a.m. And he said, no, I won't. I'm in my 60s. I'm in bed by 11 o'clock, so they had to reshuffle the whole lineup. So him being the headliner actually started by 9 o'clock. He was the first to act on. Do That's how I feel sometimes with this. You know, rock and roll is not dead. It's just getting old and losing its hearing and getting sore in the legs and the hips and the back and the knees and everything. Oh, I'm going on. I'm crapping on about this stuff. Look, all I wanted to do today was just talk about how much I like live music and how much live music really, really still gets us. I've got friends of mine, you know, who who still are seeing bands, and I do try. I, would, I do try to keep seeing new and interesting stuff. Like I said, Mono blew me away. And before that, I think my daughter actually took me to see Alice Cooper. My daughter actually really, really digs a lot of the older musicians. She loves Motley Crue. And yeah, we went to Alice Cooper, and seeing Alice was fine. I've seen him a few times, and he's still great, but I think where Alice really works too is that he's always got a band of shit-hot musicians behind him. Really, really good players, and that's what keeps Alice going. He's not he, he, He's always sounding fresh and new. Sure, he's getting older, and he's doing his act, and it's been around for a long time, but, it, you know, he... The band, because there's such a young, really talented and hungry group behind him, and as he says, he always promises he pays his bands, and that's probably why they play well for him, then that's what uh, Alice Cooper does. So, yeah, I'll, I just really, really enjoy going still. I know it, it gets harder as we get older, and the venues are closing down too, which is a real shame. There's not as many venues as there used to be. I think that's just the way of things. But I do appreciate anybody who puts on an act in their garage or in their lounge room or finds a place to put on a show where someone can go and see it. 
jump around, have a good time, have their ears ring for days, then there's nothing wrong with that at all. Look, this is a bit of a short one today. I just wanted to talk about, you know, the beauty of live music, how it can help you. And look, it just makes us feel just, not, I don't know about younger, but I believe it, it's that connection. Surely you can go and see shows and these dickheads in the audience. I've seen my show, a share of them as well. But as I said, on the whole, when a band is really on and the crowd is really into it, there's a connection going on and it's there's an electricity in the air and there's a, there's something that you can't quite describe. All right, that's it from me today. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to make a Spotify playlist with all these songs too so you can get on and hear what I'm talking about because some of these live versions do exist. And another one, great one is Neil Young, Like a Hurricane. I'll put that on there too. These are the ones that I absolutely love. Plus some of the studio songs are the ones I'm talking about. I'm going to make it, put it there. I'm going on Twitter at Daniel J. Brixey. Talk about the Handsome Band podcast. Give me some feedback. Give me some ideas of uh, what you want me to talk about. It's all here. Thanks very much for listening. See you next time.